what do you love? I mean, really, really love. Most of us in this room, we would say we love God and we love our family, and that's good. But what do you, besides that, what do you really love? Like, what do you really, 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 really love? I asked some of my friends this week, what do they really, really love? Some of the answers I got were I love my country. I love Mexican food. I love reality TV. Don't judge now. Somebody's love. Someone else said, I love adventure. For me, I want to tell you today about, besides God and family, my top two things that I love. This is number two. I'll tell you number one in a minute. This is number two. Are you ready? I love football. I love, love football. I love the fall. I love Thursday night. You got JV football at the high school, and you got NFL Friday night. You got high school varsity football, Saturday's college, Sunday and Monday the NFL, Tuesday and Wednesday your fantasy football teams you got to check and drop all your bad players and get a bunch of new ones. All week long it's football and I love it. Me and my son, we love it. My wife and daughter, not as much. But we love it every day talking football. My favorite team is the Denver Broncos. I was born and raised... Thank you, Mom. I was born and raised in Denver, 20 years, and I grew to love the Denver Broncos. Every Sunday afternoon, after my dad got done preaching, we would sit down on the couch and watch our team play. And I knew if I was going to do anything right as a dad, the one thing I had to do right was make sure that my son also loved the Denver Broncos, <laughs> as any good father would do. At two years old, I'll show you some pictures of Halloween. At two years old, my wife comes to my son and says, Caleb, what do you want to be for Halloween? And he said proudly, I want to be Champ Bailey, cornerback for the Denver Broncos. <laughs> and mom's face was like this, and dad's face was like this. <laughs> You're three, three years old. Mom comes, what do you want to do and be for Halloween? Caleb says, I want to be Champ Bailey for the Denver Broncos. Again? And dad's like, yes. Year four. I want to be Champ Bailey for the Denver Broncos. Every year, this is what he did until 2007. You see, in 2007, the Broncos had lost five of their first eight games. And that particular week, they had lost to the Detroit Lions 44 to 7. No one loses to the Detroit Lions. And my son says to me these words that began my nightmare. At the tender age of four, he says, Dad, I want to cheer for a winner. Oh, it gets worse. <laughs> that particular year, there was one particular team that was 8-0, Quarterbacked by a man named Tom Brady. <laughs> Stop now. <laughs> that team would go on to win 10 straight more. They would go 18 and 0 and make it all the way to the Super Bowl. They would lose. Thank you, God. <laughs> they would lose the game, but my son has been fiercely loyal ever since. 
Today we're going to talk about an even fierce, loyal love, an even greater passion than my own son's love for his team, or maybe your love for your favorite thing. And if you don't hear anything else I say today, this is the thing I want you to get. Of all the things that are going to be said, this is what you need to leave here with, this one thought. Hesed love is the best love. Hesed love is the best love. Hesed love is the best love. Hesed love, another way, is loyal love or unfailing love. We're in this series, this Yahweh series, as a church, and our text comes from Isaiah 34, verses uh, 6 and 7. This is what it says. Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy, I am slow to anger and filled with, catch this, unfailing love, hesed. Unfailing love, hesed. It's the Hebrew translation. Hesed is the Hebrew translation to unfailing love. I'm slow to anger and filled with unfailing love. I'm filled with hesed and faithfulness. I lavish unfailing love. I lavish hesed to a thousand generations. Hesed, love, is the best love. Now, for us, when we talk about love, to be honest, our view of love is somewhat calloused. We've been ruined by songs and movies and this worldly idea of what love is. And our idea of love is actually somewhat contaminated. Do you know that in the last four or five years in working with teens, I've noticed a shift with teenagers that when you talk with them about the love of a father, that more students now than not that I talk to, actually their concept of love from a father is one that's not pointing them to Jesus instead of pointing them to Jesus. Their view of love from a father is now contaminated. There's more of them thinking this way than that. They've experienced a different kind of love, a, a love that sometimes also has bitterness or betrayal or brokenness that goes with it. Our earth view of love is somewhat contaminated. Even our favorite sports teams that we cheer for, right? When they win the big game, we say, we won. We, we won. I can't believe we won. It was so great. It was awesome. We beat them. We got the win. It was, it was fantastic. And when that team loses, we say, I can't believe they lost. I can't believe he fumbled the ball. Our view of this love, even though we really love that team, when they win, we're with them, and when we're not, we're not. And so no wonder sometimes we struggle with this idea of what love is really like because we have this contaminated view of love. It's not the love of the Bible. It's not the love of the Scriptures. It's not the love of Hesed. Hesed love, God's love, is unfailing, never-changing you know what's crazy in my study about this word hesed? It's interesting that the theologians can't agree on what the right translation would be. We actually don't have an English word or phrase that translates hesed. These are some of the words that I found that were used to translate hesed from the smartest people that I know that, that we read, can read, words that they used because they were trying to find a way to communicate hesed. Some use loyal, mercy, generous, enduring, kindness, unconditional, flourish, rich in mercy, eternal, everlasting, never-ending. They just couldn't even figure out a way that made it all seem to fit. Because our view of love is so limited, and his view of love 
so massive. That's Hesed. Bigger than our earthly view, massive, exorbitant, significant, always, never changing, the same, Hesed. In the Hebrew Bible, the word Hesed is used not once or twice or ten times, but 245 different times to describe God's love for his people. And you see, it's this idea, it's not just an action. Like sometimes, I, 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 most of the time, I really, really love my wife. And some of the time, she loves me back. And there are times, if I'm honest, where I'm unkind or not patient or judgmental. That's her view of love from me. Most of the time, God's love is not circumstantial. It doesn't come moment to moment. It's not based on when we're good enough or do it right enough or, or, or perform the, the, the correct way. God's love is always. It's a posture that he's already chosen forever, always, in your story and mine, never changing. Hesed. Love is the best love. Let's just read in some scriptures. Some scriptures about Hesed love. It was, it's throughout. Here's one from Abraham. Let's read this together. Oh Lord God of my master Abraham, he prayed, please give me success today and show unfailing love, Hesed, that's what would have been in the original Hebrew, to my master Abraham. Here's Jacob. The Jacob prayed this, O God of my grandfather Abraham and God of the father Isaac, O Lord, you told me, return to your own land and to your relatives. Continue. And you promised me I will treat you kindly. I'm not worthy of all this unfailing love and faithfulness, both of it, all of it, unfailing love and faithfulness, Hesed, you have shown me to your servant. How about, how about just the Israelite people? What does it say to them? This is what it says. Who is like you among the gods, O Lord, glorious in holiness, awesome in splendor, performing great wonders? You raise your right hand and earth swallow your enemies. With your Hesed, you lead the people you have redeemed. In your might, you guide them to a sacred home. How about King David? What do we say to King David? I will be his father and will be my son. If he sins, I will correct and discipline him with the rod like any father would. But my favor, my Hesed, will not be taken from him as I took it from Saul, who I removed from your sight. Your house, your kingdom, continue before me all time. Your throne, secure forever. How about in the Psalms? It's littered in the Psalms. Your unfailing love, your hesed, O Lord, is as vast as the heavens. Your faithfulness, again, hesed, reaches beyond the clouds. Psalms 118 says this. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is hesed. His faithful love endures forever. How about Lamentations? Let's pull one out we don't even read anymore. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions. They never fail. They're new every morning. Great is your Hesed. Abraham, Jacob, Israelites, David, the Psalms, Lamentations. If you allow me to be vulnerable just for a minute, throughout my entire life, I've struggled with a way to find God, to know God, and to love God. I've had moments, lots of moments, where I find them and I know them and I love them. You see, since I was a young boy, I've tried hard, really, really hard, 
to do the things that someone would do, to stay within the guidelines of a spiritual life, to pray, to read the Bible, to go to church, to serve, to be kind, to be generous, to avoid temptation. I've failed many times, but I have tried really, really hard to love God. And in my pursuit to find him and to know him and to love him, I've had times where I have found him, like this last week at camp. I've also had times where he's been hard to find. Anybody else, times when you want him, you're looking for him, but you just can't see him. I've had times where I really, really, really wanted to know him. I want to know him where I always know him, where he's always there and he's always close. I've had a lot of moments where I've known him, but then sometimes I feel like God is silent. Sometimes I don't understand why he doesn't answer that prayer that I've been praying. Sometimes I question what he's really up to. Because what I think he should be doing, which is obviously a better idea, he's not doing. And I really just want to know him. Like all the time know him. Not just some of the time know him. And then I really, really want to love him all the time. I love him a lot of the time. It's easy at church on Sunday. It's easy at camp. But I mean like all the time, all the time. I want to love him in the worst of moments. I want to love him when it's hard. And here's the thing that God spoke to me about in this study of Hesed. Maybe this is just too personal, but I just want you to know The journey is not how do I find God or how do I know God or how do I love God because the emphasis in all of that is how do I. Maybe it's how do I let myself be found by him? How do I let myself be known by him? How do I let myself be loved by him? Hesed is always focused on him, not me. Hesed is always his story. He was the one who went searching for the lost sheep. The sheep didn't find the shepherd. The shepherd found the sheep. The lost son wasn't the one who went running, but the father went running to the son. You see, we are so conditioned that we have to do it. That if we're just good enough, if we just do enough, I can find my true love. I can be a good parent. I can be a successful business person, whatever it is. Our whole world is trying to do, 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 do. Do more, do more, do more, do more. Accomplish more, accomplish more, accomplish more. Do, do, do. And it isn't how Hesed works at all. And it rocked me. That it's the Father who came looking for me. It's the Father who's come running to me. Over and over and over. You see, it's short-sighted thinking 
when I think about this and I think that what I do reflects what I love. Not that it's wrong, it's just short-sighted. But Hesed thinking is whose I am reflects who I am. It's not what I do shows what I love. If I do enough, God will know that I love him. It's just that whose I already am. I'm his. You're his. You already are. You don't have to do anything. Well, that means you, but it doesn't matter what we do. No, because whose I am reveals who I am. You want to know why I do what I do? It's because of who I am, because of whose I am. I don't do it because I'm trying to be good enough. I do because I know who I am. Who I am is because of who I belong to. That's why. Out of love, not duty. Henry Nouwen, in his book, The Return of the Prodigal Son, he said it this way. I realize that the real sin is to deny God's love, his love and everlasting, his first and everlasting love, Hesed, for me. Because without, catch this, without claiming the first love for myself, I lose touch with my true self, and I embark on a destructive search among the wrong people and in all the wrong places for what only can be found in the Lord. close with this. Is it all right if I told you a little bit about camp? My number one thing, besides my wife and kids, and even in front of the Denver Broncos, the thing that I love, 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 I love it when teenagers encounter Jesus. I love it. I love it. I don't go to camp because I like sleep deprivation. <laughs> I don't go to camp because I like the food. I don't go to camp because I like taking care of sick teens. I don't go to camp because I like driving through Death Valley with no AC. <laughs> I don't go to camp because of the smell of a boy's cabin 60 seconds after we arrive. That combination of Axe body spray and moldy cheese is unlike anything else in the world. <laughs> I don't go because of the giant swings or the blobs or the water slides or even the mud pits that are great for social media. I love it because of the 91 teens and coaches that went with us the last couple of weeks. I love it because it's 91 stories of Hesed. I love it because it's 91 times Jesus left the 99 for the one. I love it because it's 91 times Jesus was looking for us on the front porch, and when he saw us, he came running. Camp was awesome. The worship was great. The solo time, I wish you could have been there to see all those students, 700-plus students, scattered all over the, the camp with their Bibles open, spending time with the Lord. Our relationships crossed lines. The hands that went up on salvation night. But I want to close with you texts that I got from our coaches about their Hesed moments, their God moments. One coach said, this 11th grade girl, that her God moment was that she wants to be more Christian and is asking questions about prayer and if we could meet regularly for coffee to talk about Jesus and her questions about Christianity. 
One coach said that the boys' cabin on Wednesday night at the experiential worship night, the boys were being vulnerable and sharing what lies they had been believing and how they had to write them on a piece of paper and then throw them in the fire pit. This girl's cabin, after starting the week off complaining and hating camp because of all the rules and the lack of relationships, ended the week saying, catch this, that they enjoyed being off their phones, that that was the best thing ever, and that they loved this week and want to come back again. A ninth grade guy said, well, you're, if you're already excited about this, you are going to go crazy here in just a minute. A ninth grade guy told his leader, this, this, this leader said this, he was boldly following the Spirit's calling, going to the stage to worship for the first time ever, even though his friends didn't go and he risked judgment from them. A 12th grade guy who was usually more reserved would not let cabin time in before a word of encouragement for those struggling with doubt and faith. A Friends for Free student who told us the day we were leaving that he lives one mile away and he's never coming to church, so don't invite him. In the middle of that week, told us that he was only there because someone invited him. On the camp ride home, asked if we could play the worship song, Glorious Day, on the bus radio. And just yesterday, texted our intern and asked, on Tuesday, what time does high school group start? <laughs> this 10th grade girl during cabin time on Tuesday, she was talking about God's unconditional love for her. Another 10th grade girl putting herself in the prodigal son's story, realizing that nothing can separate her from his love. And Chip's three or four favorite moments were this. One was an 11th grade guy telling all the guys on Tuesday that he doesn't believe in God. And then 24 hours later asking me to pray for him. To that same God he didn't believe in. Or this 10th grade guy who was going into the trip. He was on the margins, on the edges. He wasn't really a part of our group. We kind of knew him, but he didn't come very often. He ended up being one of the strongest spiritual leaders and at the end joined our student leadership team. Or maybe it was these two young men from Hope and a Future from our foster home who both made spiritual commitments, one of them asking at the end if he could pray out loud for the very first time. And then when he prayed, he prayed for me. Or maybe it was the young man who got the very last seat on the bus who's in this room today. He came as a friends for free because someone gave some money so he could go. He got seat number 50. And he said in cabin time on Wednesday that this was the best week he had had in years and that this is the closest he had felt to God in four years. And finally, a story from Sarah, my teammate, about a young girl telling her that she doesn't have a Bible because she's not a Christian and only goes to church because of her friend. And then on night three, she raised her hand to accept Jesus for the very first time. She has a Bible now. McDowell Church, that's enough. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Matt. Thank you, Pastor Matt, for being a pastor that understands that students are a part of the body today. For a staff and for a board who supports them and finds a way to help kids get to camp. Thank you, church, for giving. Your money that you give helps kids go to camp, even number 50. For those who gave for friends for free, you're changing people's eternal destiny. And to a God who loves us with the love of Hesed, he's running after you today.
He's coming after you, the one sheep. His love is big. Hesed, love is the best love. Would you pray with me, please? God, you were awesome in this place, and you were awesome at camp. And you're awesome in our lives, and you're awesome in our country. God, we don't deserve it. And we don't even really understand it, though we talk about love all the time. But today I'm thankful that you came running after me, and you've been running after me ever since. And I'm thankful, God, that you came running after everyone in this room and everybody online. And you'll be running after them ever since. May we just see you in your open arms. May we feel your warm embrace and your whisper that I love you, that I hesed love you.